0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is
1: back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating the great outdoors. Of course, in the, uh, the co-pilot seat, one of Australia's most reputable
0: well, recreational anglers, Redmond. Good morning to you. I'll take it. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, you've been a bit busy this week gallivanting around the Yu Yangs at the... Uh Ford Proving Grounds, testing out the new F-150. I've
2: oh, been doing some work for, uh, for Real Adventures, Redmond. We, and,
0: uh, oh, yeah, for Real Adventures, more like yourself.
2: No, no, <laughs> we, we are the Real Adventures uh, juggernaut. We are expanding. We are no longer, not that we ever were, but we're no longer just marine. We're not just focusing about fishing. We are, we are outdoors. We are four-wheel drives. And I thought to myself, well, you know, the Ford connection piece with Geelong being the major mm-hmm. sponsor... Nearly for a hundred years. Is this an announcement that I'm getting a major sponsorship deal here? No, no, not no, at no. all. Damn I'm um, just just building up the uh, <laughs> the anticipation around it. Thought I'd go out there and have a bit of a look around. In actual fact, I had to go out there for the footy club, but that's beside <laughs> the point. I went out there and uh, we were test. We were doing some filming for the footy club. Normally, you'd be annoyed at doing that, but hundred percent.
0: <laughs> this time, you're excited. I'd be grumpy shit normally. <laughs> you're
2: totally right. Uh, these sort of things, I'm like just hating. Yet because it was cars and something that I was interested in, Redmond, got out there testing the new Ford uh, Raptor, the Ranger, the oh. Everest, and the new uh, Ford 150, the well, Colorado, which is the top spec that we'll get in Australia. We're not going to get the um, the premium spec that they get in the States, but the, the two that we've got they think will be most suited to um, – Market here. The Australian market, correct. Yes.
0: How was it? It was (laughs) (laughs) electric. As as long as it wasn't an electric car. And I I don't mean electrifying
2: in the sense of it's electric because it's not electric.
0: Well, that's a good thing. I'm Um, happy with that one.
2: No, V6, uh, and it's an aluminium body. So driving it, it didn't feel heavy. You know, when. Didn't feel like a truck. No, exactly right. Like I've driven 150s before, uh, mate's got an older one. Jeez, there go my keys. Uh, <laughs> mate's got an older one, and uh, it does feel like a truck. The turning circle's terrible. Um, so the key for the truck's actually really heavy, as it just blew you up
0: at the car's lights?
2: <was. laughs> um, it's lucky it wasn't your wallet that fell out of the pocket. <laughs> could have broken your foot. Uh, so, so, got in the car. Um, left-hand drive, so this is literally the, the ute, and I've got a story a bit later, a very, very sad story around cars. Not that sad, <laughs> it you know, sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is sad. Um, yeah, you, you were emotional when I was telling you. Um, it is the one. It's the one fifty American version. So it hasn't had the conversion. I was asking a few questions around, like what as a, you know, as a ballpark figure, do you just add ten grand to what Ford are gonna are offering, you know, this car in the states? So starts at, I think it's like thirty grand US, you know. Plus ten grand conversion, so forty grand US. Our Australian dollar isn't exactly you know flying at the moment. <laughs> um, but I, I would I would our imagine, fuel prices are. <laughs> I would imagine you're looking at you know in excess of hundred to start with. Yep. but which is on par with competitors, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but light to drive. It's got this 360 camera
0: that looks from above. Looks from above. Cari's yeah. car has it. The one that I just bought. Amazing. No, it's not. How does it work? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, China, <laughs> China, China. Oh, They're
2: oh, looking mate, down on us. I've
0: like I've tried to work it out. It's it's and the car is like a like it's actually a fake picture on Kari's car of the car, but the, everything else is real around you. And you're like, couldn't it just be a real car too? So I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there. It's bizarre. Well, all so the Ranger Everest
2: and the 150 had it but particularly with the 150 because it's such a big car and the tray's massive it's it's brilliant it's brilliant <laughs> it really is it it made parking it and we had we took it off road floored it that was fun goes quick goes does does get up and boogie early um Made it really simple. Had a, had a bloody blast, I tell you what. Any, any idea on fuel consumption or anything like that? A lot, yeah. A, a lot, lot. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I was driving it. Uh, I reckon you'd be looking, it's going to be comparable. <laughs> I think it's going to be comparable, if not a little bit less than what the Ram and Silverados are. Yes. Which makes sense given the fact that it's a V6. V6 yep. And what, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the Rams are V8s.
0: Yeah, well, they are, and yeah. that
2: that that would be the same with the Silverado. So you would think they're Ford, a big engine. Yeah, Ford rolling with the V six will be slightly more economical, and the aluminium body adds to that. So, yeah, being
0: I'll, a lighter car, as yeah, you, yeah. So you're getting you're getting a better fuel range.
2: But I still think you're going to be what minimum thirteen. You think thirteen to fifteen sort of range. But
0: then when you're towing, it doesn't really change as such. No, on Not, not uphills and whatnot, yeah, but yeah, I'm talking no, about on right. average. So that's, the, that's where you get the benefit of these trucks. Yeah. So is, is
2: there a market in Australia
0: after oh, driving? Mate, 100%. It? Oh, totally oh, great. Oh, sorry. I thought you were asking me. No, yeah. But after yeah. driving? Absolutely. Loved it. The only problem with them is as an everyday car. They're they're too big, yeah. And so I'm in the, I'm in this discussion at the moment, as you know. And this is probably a car that I'm going to probably be getting. I'm really interested in it. If I get my Danger Ford sponsorship, that I'm not going to get, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's called the Dangerfield sponsorship. But it's um it's a question you've got to ask. Is it? I don't know if it is. I don't what, think so. To be you honest, you don't think it is. Yeah. Unless you're doing like it's because I want to go to the shops. I want to go pick up bread on the way home. You big, physically can't park in, in parks these days are smaller than ever. They, they actually are. Like, it's ridiculous. No, like my so Amarok struggles to get in sometimes. Yeah. Like, your Everest would struggle at times.
2: And this thing's big. Yeah. So, but is there a market? Absolutely. Where Where's the electric market at? Well, we saw during the week Rivian. When they first, the IPO, when they first landed, they were 172 bucks a share. So, this is... Um, the share market this is the share market and a car that many believe was going to take over the electric scene it's currently sitting at $22 and I was asking that's
0: the one you told me to put five grand in
2: (laughs) I was asking Ford around like why can't we have them now and they said we could we've got the technology it's ready to go but the infrastructure in Australia doesn't exist so we don't have the charging infrastructure to be able to go, yeah, we're going to drive to Portland and there's yeah. facilities down there to charge. That exists elsewhere. We, we have to start investing in, in this space if, if it's going to have some sort of a significant debt in the Aussie car market because it just it doesn't exist
0: at the moment. I'm pretty happy with that big Ford F-150 arriving and not having to, fuel, uh, to charge my car up and I can fill it up at the servo because there's plenty on the way to Portland. Well, like, the the, the,
2: the <laughs> thirst for 4x4s, for four like, the, the Toyota Land Cruiser 70 series, do you know how long that's sold out for? Oh, yeah, no. Two, Two and a half years. I, Two and a
0: half years. Do you know what's exciting? The but car will be 100 years old <laughs> by the time you get <laughs> it, and a, it already looks 100 years this old. This is the conversation that I was just about to ask you then. I rang Rob from North Bank during the week, Ooh, and I've you've got the little award ordered if mean, it's not official but it's official. like I've asked him to put me in the line basically to get the new so, 650 I'm I've decided great you're going to get him when are you going to get this this is the other thing <laughs> that I was just about to mention to you off the back you you were talking about then in 19 years so the north <laughs> Beautiful. bank it's going to be I'm getting the 2001 model let's come <laughs> it's in the yeah, 2041 nice <laughs> oh god no it's going to be it's a, there's a big wait and north bank isn't the only one all the all the brands out there have uh, significant wait time because the boating industry has just taken off since. I'll be honest, since COVID, it's just gone. But you out can't of get control. engines. That's the other problem. and the other thing is engines too. So the conversation around my boat is to get it underway now. I asked Rob to get me in line of uh, the six fifty. Just get me in line. Tell me when you're going to start it, and then we'll make the prep there. Uh, and uh, it's because of the hard cab, isn't it for you? Hard top. I want the hard yeah. top. I actually was very close to getting the seven fifty, and I still could but uh, but then it comes down to the truck you got to wait how long do you wait for a truck to come like how long would I have to wait for an F-150 do you think it was to rock up to the shores of Australia
2: well if you think you're going to get your hands on a new Ranger when they come out you need to order now and then you're still going to have a significant wait time
0: so that's what I mean so there's no point we're so talking around to- July
2: or- but that's been pushed out because once again the chip shortage is, is significant yeah but if you haven't ordered it now...
0: I'm just going to go to the 650. I can, tow it with the, I can tow it with my car now, yeah. and then we'll work off that. You might get your truck, the, the, the 50. You might get one for your, for your boat, and then I've got a car. But, uh, <laughs> but it's... Um, yeah, it's, that's the thing. Everything's wait time now, isn't it? Whether it's a car or a boat or a caravan. So it's uh, very interesting, and nearly as interesting as a $30 yabby trap that did some of its finest work. Unbelievable! I think it was three thousand kilometers off the coast of Western Australia. So three thousand kilometers out. Get, yeah, you'll get the
2: you'll get the uh, the species um, sort of alignment in a second. But six and a half thousand meters deep.
0: Six and a half thousand meters deep below the Indian Ocean's surface. So what they've done? Still is in Australian waters. Still in Australian waters, and they've just. That, that's on the borderline where if you start to head out in a new boat, you see the drones coming above you, <laughs> looking for trouble. <laughs> but it's, uh, they've set out their uh, underwater machine or mechanism to head down to check out the bottom and find stuff. Yep. Worth The piece of equipment's worth $100,000. And on the end of it was a $30 yabby trap, yabby trap and a cheap piece of PVC drain pipe which found this new creature. And it's amazing, this creature. It's a snailfish. A snailfish. It's a snailfish. So there's two different snailfish that they've found. So they had to bring it all up slowly to do with water temperatures because it changes from whatever the temperature is right at 20 degrees. But there's two new species found 6,500 metres deep and a $100,000 bit of equipment. The 30 dolly gabby trap did the work. Love that. And it's the uh, little snailfish.
2: Well, if we want to continue on our uh, on our sort of news sort of segment, Redmond, footage uh, has been released of a suspected drug mule who – Well, drowned while trying to receive... Sadly uh, drowned. Yeah, sadly, while trying to retrieve 50 uh, kilos of cocaine off the New South Wales border. 20 mil worth.
0: It's nearly worth it, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm Um, a good diver. uh,
2: (laughs) Good Lord. Um, Not exactly worth it, is it?
0: (sighs) Not that outcome, but I'll (laughs) try... Emergency (laughs) services head out there. $20 Twenty million dollars worth of cocaine, Kurugang
2: Island. So that was quite extraordinary. Off Australian waters again. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to look, let's talk extraordinary, Tasmania at the moment we're starting to see some really big swords being caught, and we're going to chat. We'll chat this in the whip round. But before we get to to that, you've nailed some really big gummies this week. They've been in really strong numbers. Oh, the whiting and fishing really, really well, and we'll get to the barrels a little later. But let's talk gummies and whiting.
0: The gumbos, one of those species that's just been forgotten, Pat. It's just simple. They've been forgotten. Those bluefin outside of the and bar, heads in mm. my waters, we're talking as such at the minute, yeah. they've just been forgotten because there's so many other options, kingfish, bluefin. But now we're coming winter where the options are limited. Yeah. They're going to be caught. And they've always been there the whole time. And I headed out, once again, I was one of the ones that forgot about them. I headed out for the first time in months chasing them and we managed to land some beautiful gummies and I released this thumping gum, gummy shark. It would have been every bit of 30 kilo. It didn't have any pups in it, and it didn't have any eggs in it, so it was quite thin through the middle of the fish, but it was the longest gummy. that I have i didn't measure it, but I could tell by where my arms were holding it. It would have had to be the longest gummy I've ever caught, but it was just a bit thinner. But it was massive, and just throw it back and see it swim off because we we already had kept two for a feed, and that was enough for us. We didn't need any more. So the gummies are in great – that was offshore. So offshore, there's plenty of gummies on the reefs, Inside the bay, the gummies. You said the whiting; they were a bit harder. with this moon is tomorrow, so they they got a bit harder at the end of the week. They were good early, and they'll be good from this week onwards. Right. So they'll 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 really fire up nicely. Uh, so I'm just yeah, just there's plenty of options. It's just he's cold. Um, the whiting
2: you went out during the week. You didn't think it was going to be all that hot. You ended up catching, catching fifty.
0: Close yeah, to your we did. Limit. Yeah, we did. It was uh, just working the tide, like literally just working the tide. So. Just as we're leading up, leading up to the moon, tides get slow, and I just kept moving into fast water. Yep. And there were fish there, but I couldn't hold them because... Once they, again, that funny. fast
2: water means that the silt, the crustaceans there being yep. stirred up, the fish are feeding versus... And there's, the they're silt. not as timid either. Yep.
0: So they're More aggressive. More aggressive. Because yep. if it's just still playing water, like a bit of noise hits the bottom, they can spook. Tide's going, everything's happening. They're always sitting tide. Whiting always, you watch them, they always sit head first. I've got plenty of underwater footage of this. Head first, looking straight up the guts, straight into the tide, and they're waiting for things to pop up in front of them, and that's how they're feeding. So you want to set up nicely in the tide. Get your baits cast straight with the tide because they're swimming up the tide, and you'll get plenty of fish. And the barrel bluefin are being fantastic too, Pat.
2: We're going to cover that on the other side of the break. We've got a huge show of real adventures coming your way this morning. Fishing, boating. The Great Outdoors, it's all on Real Adventures this morning.
0: You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron
1: Hadgood.
2: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time to find out what's biting in your part of the country and a few sort of, well, reputable large captures around the country, which – there are plenty at the moment. Starting in South Australia, uh, there's the whiting fishing at the moment. Redmond is on fire. Bag limit catches very accessible. Pippies and squid doing their best work. Where are we? Where are we fishing for those? North specifically.
0: North Haven's been very, very good. Yep. So I've seen lots of fish coming out of there this week. Uh, look, big fish too. Like yeah. proper forty-centimetre fish, give or take either side. And I'd be Trying to get out in that area now because this is when you're going to get your bigger fish as the water gets a bit colder. Yep. We're also seeing good whiting captures out of Victor Harbor too. But one thing I want to mention out of Victor Harbour is the bluefin tuna run still going. Yes. Yeah. Small fish though. Yeah. The size has changed significantly. So what are we looking at? You sort of oh some of them under, are under 10, ten kilos. kilos. Yeah, yeah. Some of them yeah. are small fish. So yeah. I I don't know what's going to happen there as such. But we see a different patch of fish rolling at this time of the year. I think we will. But it just depends when and what happens. So, usually, uh, these summer fish are tend to be a lot bigger, where even Chris Vasilevsky from Gone Fishing Charters, friend of the show, during his Portland season, the fish start off a little bit bigger, like those 18s and 20s. And then during the prime tuna fishery out of Portland, they'll end up being sometimes four or five kilo. So, they do get smaller in the winter months. It's a different migration of fish. So, it'd be interesting to see what happens in the next month because... They were getting twenty to up to 40 kilo fish at times out of Victor Harbour only two or three months ago. So, you mm. to see what happens. Queensland. 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 You skipped New South Wales at the start there. Did you want to go back that way or? Well, we can if you like. Let's go back that way. Only- New South Wales
2: offshore from Port ha- Hacking. There's been plenty of squid, bonito and some huge Aussie salmon, which isn't all that unusual, but there's been some really nice captures. Uh, Botany Bay is on fire with the bonito as well. And... There's huge schools up and down um, the coastline with metal lures being sort of the preferred method and and getting the best rate of captures. And once again, if you get yourself onto a really big school, then you can you can work on those trebles, Redmond, and just slightly file them down a little bit so you don't do as much damage to the fish, depending if you're going to catch and release.
0: Yeah, you're spot on. And Benito, if you bleed them properly and eat them sashimi, they're actually... They're, not, they're nice. They're yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I'm the, I don't personally eat it, but I, I know a lot of people that no, actually- I'm a big, big fan. You're a big yep. fan of eating yep. it. Um, let's go to Queensland, where you were heading before. Now, something that I have eaten and I do love eating is the mud crabs. And there's mud crabs everywhere right now in the Finger Mark Creek in Townsville. So for anyone that's willing to risk a few fingers- Even, even
2: vegetarians like mud crabs.
0: <laughs> that's how
2: popular they are. Vegans, vegetarians—they're like, you know what? I don't know if you'll <laughs> have that. I'll, I'm gonna have the mud crab. Is it they cla- do. It's just, we we'll call it an organism. They, they, they do. They're like, no, I'm a vegetarian. Don't eat meat,
0: except for mud crabs. <laughs> We're gonna get in trouble here. Northern Queensland, <laughs> Groper Creek has been on fire for the barramundi. Barra. Love yep. that. Nothing massive, but there has been a few fish over the meter mark, but a lot of that 70s and 80s, which is. Not a fish to complain about. So, no. northern Queensland, is fishing very well. Heading to WA once again. The Barra in the Kimberleys are doing their thing with East Kimberley Charters, getting their clients onto some cracking fish on a daily basis. And you can organise a couple of day trips too with those guys as well, that I've seen on social media. So it's a perfect time
2: of the year, simply because it's so bloody cold anywhere south. Head up there. Speaking of, days.
0: can I just go off topic for 10 seconds? It's not unlike you. Are you all for going on a holiday? So people want to go on holidays. Sicari so always wants to go in summer. Somewhere warm. No, I disagree. No,
2: it's stupid, isn't it? But you know why I don't mind it? Because it is very busy in summer. So you go somewhere else that's and I want less to be
0: busy. here while it's warm and then in winter I want to spend the money and go somewhere warmer. I don't want to go warm to warm. I want to go cold to warm. Well maybe in summer you go somewhere cold where
2: the people normally go <laughs> somewhere warm. And then in winter
0: no, that doesn't work. You just confuse me. I'm going to Esperance, though. The Flathead Land Base have been biting super well with some f- cracking fish getting caught on plastics and pilchards. i seen some young fellas fishing in there with their dad and caught some ripping fish. Now, Tasmania, you sent me this during the week. What's been going on there?
2: Yeah, Locking Nichols is having an incredible year, landing not only some huge uh, bluefin tuna, but the swordfish Redman. So we spoke yep. a few weeks ago around um, Eagle Hawk Neck and how there was some... Cracking southern bluefin tuna, but they weren't getting the barrels to bite. That isn't the case now. There's been some huge captures, and not only that, the swords are really starting to to get firing. And, and no one fishes for them better than Lockie in the in the Tassie region. Make sure you give him a,
0: give him a call and jump on his charter boat because the yeah. young fella having a red hot crack and he yeah. catches some fish. So we've had yeah. him on the show. We have, yeah, he's, he's tr- 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 brilliant. Tr- which actually, you know what? Let's we'll try and get him in, on again in a couple of weeks. Let's talk about these swordfish for him. Uh, let's head to the Tamar. We'll There's been right tamer. some
2: huge King George whiting being caught. Uh, squid predominantly, uh, the preferred bait. Um, 55 centimetres. It's a good size. They're big whiting. I
0: never get them like that down here. And, oh, as,
2: and as we said, in, uh, when it comes to Victoria, well, edge of Victoria, South Australia, but um, there was 140 boats at Port MacDonald during the week. So the South Australian <laughs> fish are those Victorians that you can... Happen to put the boat on and head down the um, the highway, Redmond. There's huge fish.
0: Just watch out for roos as well. Like I'm dead set serious. I'm not being stupid here. Yeah, kangaroos coming from Victoria side, from Portland to basically the Nelson, which is the River Glenelg River. They are out of control. Like something. They're dangerous as. Try and get behind a truck and just follow a truck for safety. Like Hulk size. Like. They're everywhere. Like, I'm talking... If you're travelling at any low-light period... You're in for it. Like, Kane and I got so close to hitting one the other day. We would, I ended up veering to the other side of the road, like trying to you knock You don't not want to do stupid. that with the boat. No, nah, I, I, I didn't turn. Like, I was just slowly veering, and this thing come across the road. This was taller than me. Like, it was a big roo. And then he stopped and, like, went to come back. And I just said to Kane, straight up, I, just, I wasn't going to swerve or anything because it'll kill us. I just said, hold on, because we're yep. just going to go straight through this thing. Yeah. said, so hold on. And it ended you up. You lose taking, your boat otherwise. So, be seriously safe, because these fish are worth hitting a roo for. Well, I, shouldn't have said that, should I? No, yeah, you shouldn't have. Okay. They Don't hit a roo, dodge them, but head down to Port Mac and chase these barrels because they are a fish of a lifetime and they're everywhere. The Social Club. It is. If you, if
2: you, if you want to join in the conversation, make sure you send in any direct message on our Real Adventures socials and we'll do our best to answer your questions. Uh, you're kicking I'm holding off you off for a minute here.
0: First, so. <laughs> Peter Bloom blog hey. has sent... Oh, this is great because it's digged at you, not me. And now I'm always in trouble for my pronunciation. Yep. Pronunciation, go be ready for this because I'm reading that word to word. Yeah, because, yep. I'll probably get five of them wrong. (laughs) Hi, fellas. I know there's a lot more important issues to worry about in this world, but English was one of my favourite subjects at school. Therefore, would it be possible when you say, Patrick, say, if you have a question for Aaron and I, could you please change it to Aaron and me? When one breaks it down, one does not say a question for I, but a question for me. Therefore, a question for Aaron and me is correct to say I when Aaron and I received questions. Just saying. Great show, by the way. (laughs) Kind regards, Pete. What a message. That's made my week. (laughs) Can you take that positive? Do you take positive feedback well?
2: Go and get stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> now nah,
2: good on you Pete I love that all right for that's now great on, that's it'll good. be Aaron and me nothing I just, like a bit of me 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 I thought <laughs> it was always I well so oh, I'm not going to argue with Pete I failed English <laughs> <laughs> all right hey boys what products do you use to clean your boat after a day on the water cheers Rod truck wash
0: yeah CT18 it's nuclear that stuff dangerous if you don't do it properly, yep. But I do this it cuts every- through the grime like nothing it's, else. It it works for me. It is tremendous. There's so many other different brands out there, like wash different washaways you can use. But for me, at the minute, the one that I like the most, you get it from. I got it from Parts Four Automotive, just an automotive shop. And I mean, if it does get on your skin,
2: you'll be able to see your bone in in a you know a matter of minutes. So yeah, but so, the boat's clean. So mind
0: your mind your skin melting away. <laughs> it, but uh, Very strong stuff. It, when you apply this, don't leave it on for and let it dry because it will eat into your paint. <laughs> so so when I so put it on. Let it sit for five minutes or so. That's what I do. You're not selling the product hugely well, a no. When you have a boat as disgusting as mine, this and this stuff That's works, true. it you, is you well can, worth
2: using. You can peel off the weeks of blood and uh, tuna oil that have been spilt on your boat.
0: And sometimes you find red bait a week later after being on the barrels underneath your sinker boxes too. Got some of those stains off as well. It's really good, but it is it is powerful stuff. But seriously, if you want to get your boat clean, get yourself some.
2: The other one is, uh, and Aaron talks about this a lot, is rain for your windows, particularly yeah. uh, if you're interested in chasing bluefin at the moment. One of the I did yours before <sighs> we head up. Critical components of that is actually being able to see the bird life and the fish from a long distance away, which makes it very, very difficult if you can't see through your windows. So that's an important one. All right, Michael. Uh, boys, I love the show. What footwear do you use on the boat? Because I get sore feet every time I fish. Cheers, Michael. Well, Michael, Aaron wears uh, gumboots that look sort of reminiscent of. There's a, there's a horror movie from 1996 <laughs> called I Know What You Did Last Summer, and he uses that guy's boots. Boggs are very
0: good gumboots. Boggs boots. Boggs gumboots. Yes. They are. I'm actually a thong person uh, all summer. Yeah. I wear my thongs. I get really sore feet too, probably because I wear thongs. But the Boggs gumboots during this time of the year, you cannot beat them. They're. They've got gel inserts into them that come actually bought with the boot that are like yeah. as good as insoles. So they're not just... Yeah, that's
2: the thing. They might look externally like they're just this big clog romper. And they are big Pieces of rubber. Yeah. But they're actually... They do have nice cushioning. I actually wear just old runners sitting there because my feet are the same. Mine are knackered. So. You're always wearing runners on the yeah. boat.
0: Yeah. I, I wore runners for the first time the other day and I actually felt like my feet were better when I got in, but because it's a bit cold now, the water, the ends of my toes were so cold because they got wet yeah. and they were freezing. So when you're doing long hours in the water, definitely bogs gum boots through this colder months. And then I, I do want to actually get a pair of, if anyone's got any recommendations, send it in to us because I do want to get a pair of, I'm going to say it, Crocs as such to wear on the boat that are comfy through the summer because... Like, obviously, thongs aren't very good protection, but everyone wears thongs through the summer fishing. But you get burnt on the top of your feet. That's the other part. Only once for the season to the start, and then don't, then doesn't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Red, I
2: noticed during the week you let go a huge female gummy shark. What's your opinion on
0: keeping one like that? Cheers, Craig. Yeah, that's a soft topic. Well, we've discussed this a fair bit. Keep it. If you want to keep it, you're entitled to keep it. Yep. And I would keep one. I believe that
2: if it had twelve pups in it and you could see that it was heavily pregnant, would you keep one?
0: Yeah I probably would, but I'd try and release the pups as much as safely as I could. Well, you're gonna fill it and then just Yeah all the time um, and they swim off. Nearly every time they'd swim off. I don't know if they survive, but they swim off. <laughs> like no dead set. So be if you want to, if you've got one already, like I did, you didn't have to keep it, I didn't keep it. But if you are entitled to keep that fish, there's no right and wrong. There are a lot of gummy sharks out there. They're extremely sustainable at the moment. I can go out and get between three to six gummy sharks in a few hours, most trips. So they're fishing quite well, so I believe that's healthy. I haven't seen... I've only seen an increase in them, to be honest with you. But you are entitled to keep a big gummy shark. If you feel like as though it's bad and you want to get rid of it because it does have pups, then do the right thing by yourself and release it. But what's the difference, Pat, in keeping a 10-kilo one that's going to be that big in a few years and do the same thing as that female? My opinion is that female's on the last of its legs, like as in it's 30 kilo. it's a big gummy shark, has it done its job already and it's done its breeding and whatnot, and then we're going to fill another cycle for a a 10-kilo one to come through to, to get to that 30 kilo and do the breeding from 10 to 30 kilo. So that's another way to look at it too. So it's up to you. You are entitled to it. It is no rules and law against it, but whatever keeps you smiling.
2: Safe so to say, Aaron won't be voting for the, uh, the Greens in the upcoming election. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is The Social Club. We take your questions from social media. If you want to join in the conversation, then send us a direct message. Fishing, boating, 4x4. Four four. Uh, we love engaging with our audience. Plenty more on the other side of the break. This is Real Adventures. Gearing up for Dometic. Dometic
0: Patrol, an icebox with a sense of adventure. Everything you need for adventures, big or small. Mobile living made easy. Dometic.
2: It's time for gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Michael Evans from Victorian Inland Charters joins us this morning. Good morning, Mick. Good day, boys. How you going? Yeah, we're going well. Now I take it your Saturday morning rather cold, given the fact you've been working beat uh, a fair bit over the last little while. Uh, I have. How's it been fishing, and what's
1: the uh, what's the temperature this morning? <laughs> Um, it's about 14 this morning. Um, and yeah, the fishing big are really good. A lot of redfin at the minute. Um, good sizes though, sort of up around that 30, 35 centimetre mark, sort of the average at the minute. Um, the smaller trout are starting to come on the bite and it's only a matter of time until the big, um, big browns and, and big salmon start to come on the bite with this cooler weather coming about. So not long away, hopefully. I think one of the things that people forget sometimes around
2: winter, they just look at or how cold it is, versus the the beauty of winter at, at times, not all the time, but at times, is as long as you're rugged up, you don't have to deal with the horrendous easterlies that we had for six months over the <laughs> summer period. Like, yes, it's
1: cold, <laughs> but it's actually a beautiful time of the year to fish. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, a, with the lakes too, I mean, it's, I know it's a little bit different with the ocean fishing, but with the lakes, there's generally somewhere you can always get out of the wind. Um, so it's not too bad in that sense. It's more the rain, I guess, that scares a lot of people off, and the cold. Um, a lot of people don't like to get wet, I guess. But yeah, the wind you can sort of tuck out of it here and there, and always sort of have a bait fish, have a troll, um, have a cast of a lure along the the, the weed edges and stuff like that in lakes. But yeah, it's more the rain I think coming into this time of year.
0: When so. you
1: when you mentioned lakes,
0: now you're at Parramatta and done a bit of damage through there on the redfin and whatnot. Where are we yep. going to see the lakes fire up in the next few weeks? So you mentioned trout with the colder temperature coming. Where is uh, Victorian Inland Charters going to be, I guess, doing their best work?
1: Um, well, I'm looking to do a couple of lakes vines trips over the next few months, um, chasing some big trout there for something different. A lot of people have sort of been asking if I can get up there, so I'm going to do that. I may go off to Eildon and do a couple of winter cod sessions. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I'll, in between all that, I will be still down at Purim Beach chasing the big browns and salmon there. And Lake Bullamary Mary boat ramp opens up in the next four to six weeks. That'll be completed. So I'll start getting back on Lake Bull finally Mary you mentioned and, uh, co- ch-
0: You mentioned the cod. Big salmon and rainbows there. Yeah. How do you target them through winter in Eildon?
1: Uh, generally a lot deeper, but they will push up into the banks, chasing the redfin, roach, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the little trout now, the trout are sort of starting to come on up at Eildon a little bit. Um, you'll start getting your big trout coming in and chasing all the all the smaller cod along the edges and stuff like that. So yeah, it can be exciting, it can be hard yards, but the rewards can be very good. So Well, I
0: know you do a well, fair good. bit fair bit of catch and release, but when you do say clean a big cod to eat as such, do you just to give you an example, when I cut open a big bluefin tuna, I often see yep what it's been feeding on for the day, sort of match the hatching. Oh, gee, it's been on red bait, it's been on this. When you clean a freshwater species such as a cod, what do you find in their stomachs?
1: Uh, well, I can't really say anything about a cod because I don't keep them. And I you just release don't, yep. to catch. Yeah, okay, yep. Just because I want them to grow big and get to those metre marks sure. and all that sort of stuff. So yep. I've always released cod. Yep. Um, but with the trout, redfin, salmon, yeah, I definitely... Um, on charters, and even for myself, I keep the odd one sort of thing for the smoker, but not too often. Yep. But on charters, when I clean fish for people, yeah, I, I cut the gut open. And in the big browns, it's generally redfin yeah, okay. um, or minnow. So I've had, I caught a nine pound redfin not long ago with six red, uh a nine pound trout, sorry, with six redfin in his belly, all about probably 20, 25 centimetres long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I caught a, a seven and a half pound female brown that had 38 inch-long redfin in its belly, so yeah, yeah just different times of years on, or different times of the year when they'll feed on the smaller fish when they, obviously the, the redfin eggs have hatched and all that sort of stuff, um, and then when they don't have them and they're, they're pushed off into the weed and that, that's when they'll sort of start chasing flies, lures, um, other bait, like mud-eye, all that sort of stuff, so yeah. It's amazing. But yeah, a lot of redfin in the bellies of fish, believe it or not.
2: Amazing, this shows you how aggressive, you know, trout yeah. are. Um, yeah. Let's talk uh, Victorian Fisheries Authority. Now, they've done a few different sort of, uh, and, and do every year, um, releases yep. and stocking of fish. They've stocked tri- tiger trout. Um, for many, that's something that, that fascinates people. Is that something that you look at, Mick, when it comes to what fisheries are doing, where they're releasing fish, and potentially, you know, if someone's got a real interest in, in targeting a s- certain species, that you can go, yep, all right, this is going to be the time to, you know, to try and tick off that bucket list item um, that anglers might have?
1: Yeah, definitely is. Um, a lot of people sort of say, oh, when can we target, say, a big trout or a big salmon, or now that there's tiger trout in that lake, when can we target tiger trout? At the minute, there's a lot of smaller sort of tiger trout, and they're just sort of in abundance at the moment. Yep. Um, I don't think they've sort of got streetwise yet, so to speak. Um, big browns, there's a couple of times I like middle of winter, obviously because they're starting to come up and they're getting into spawning mode and all that, and also like the tail in the spring heading into summer because you start getting your mud-eye hatches and they start feeding along the edge of the weed beds, which is when you'll get them on your bent me and stuff like that, or your surface lures. Yep. Um, yeah. So the, and cod as well. Cod are a year-round species, a lot harder to catch in the winter. Summertime, predominantly, you will catch more fish, but they'll be a lot smaller. Wintertime, you'll get a lot bigger fish, I guess.
0: How do we get All in contact right. with Victorian Inland Charters, Michael, to book one of these trips? Because you've got a boat that's on a trailer and you can get
1: to wherever you need <laughs> to be. How do we get a hold of yeah, you? Um, I've got Facebook, Victorian Inland Charters, um, Instagram, Victorian Inland Charters, and my phone number, which is 0402 There you
2: have it. 0402 Michael Evans from yep. Victorian Inland Charters. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures this morning, Mick. Not
1: a problem, boys. Thank you again for having me.
2: That was gearing up for Dometic. Mobile living made easy. Red's Review for Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. It's time for Red's Review for Club Marine, our product review of the week. And we're talking
0: about Dometic's
2: rooftop tent, but with a difference, Aaron.
0: We are. It's the 12-volt operational one, which is a game-changer for me. It's roughly around that $2,650 mark. You might find it on special at your local Anaconda or BCF or online somewhere. But two and a half grand, say Pat, this thing is a game changer. Now, the reason that I've done the review on this today is because Finn, my little man, is really starting to daddy's boy. Like, he wants to be outside with me all the time, on the boat, doing things, which I'm really looking forward to. And I think putting a rooftop tent on my car is going to be a game changer for me. The reason for it, I can still tow my boat. Yeah, exactly right. You know what I've
2: just found? Well, this will be good. The Medics website, and i just searched them. I was like, oh, I wonder if they could get them cheaper." Where you could get them cheaper, The Medics website have them for eighteen hundred dollars.
0: That same one. Yep. Well, they're there you go. Two thousand seven hundred bucks. They've got them. I was just about to offer them the deal of two thousand four hundred <laughs> with a BSB account to my name. That's eight hundred bucks
2: off. So they're on sale. I'm not even giving that an outrageous plug. I just typed it in, and it
0: says eighteen hundred dollars. I think that for an automatic assembly. So yeah, we're, that, we need to talk about that, automatic assembly. So the good thing is, say for example, I pick when he's a bit older, Finn, pick him up from school, pick him up, bang, jump in the car, bags are packed, let's go somewhere. You're going to get there at dark through the winter months. This thing is 12-volt operational, so you just literally plug it into the car, yep. and it literally sets itself up in seconds. You do not need to do much at all. So I think that there is... And it, comes, a, a, and it
2: fits too comfortably.
0: Like yeah, really not, comfortably. You're not jamming people in. No, that's right. One... Big factor. You can still like, tow the boat. So say if we want to go somewhere, we struggle to get accommodation. Not only that, accommodation is pricey. You're looking at $150 nearly minimum everywhere yep. you go. So if you have your rooftop tent through the summer months and you're taking the little man somewhere or your daughter somewhere and you're going away for a trip with the wife as well, you can save so much money. And camping's yeah. bloody great. I love it. Right. I, I love doing it. So it's camping with a bit of ease and you don't have to set up tents. Uh, cheaper, like I said before, and the electric thing is the massive game changer for me, not having to get up on the roof because I am a lazy bastard. I was about to say, <laughs> that just shows you how lazy you are. Oh, I don't care how lazy I am and I'm going to order one now because I don't have one and I said to Kari I want my Christmas present, but why it's $1,800, bucks? i am ordering it. For more information, head to Dometic.com.
2: And at the moment, once again, it is on special for $1,869. Dometic, for more information, that is Red's Review for Club Marine. That was Red's Review for Club Marine. Insure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine, Australia's leading provider of boat insurance. Check the PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Before we get to the uh, the tip, Redmond, something very sad. Uh, during the week, I went out to Ford, as we were discussing off the, uh, the top of the show, and was test driving their new one hundred and
0: fifty? Is this an early gaff, or what am I getting ready for here?
2: No, this is just a. It's not a gaff. It's well, it, is, it sort of is a gaff, but it's not going to be the official no, no. gaff. Well, it's of not weak, week. right. No, no. no. Um, so sitting there driving the one hundred and fifty, driving you know all the different cars that that Ford tests, and they have cars that come in globally from everywhere, the United States, etc. But what I found out is these incredible vehicles. So for for example, the one hundred and fifty left hand drive. Once Ford has finished testing this car, and this is the same with other manufacturers, do you know what happens to that car?
0: I do because you told me, and I was very upset.
2: They get destroyed, compacted, put in a machine, and turned into a square of uh, jumbled. You know, I mean, I love my metal.
0: Kid, I love my kids, but God, that's I that's cu- sad. I
2: couldn't <laughs> believe it because when the cars come in, they they don't get taxed. So they, if if they mm. were to then sell them, then they would be taxed. You'd pay what the you know,
0: whatever the RRP. So it's is cheaper for them. them to destroy these vehicles.
2: And it's the saddest thing you've ever seen. Some incredible, like I'm talking like Ford performance vehicle of you know of the late '90s and early 2000s. Some incredible Falcons gone.
0: Can I say something? Sad. You? you got Eric. contacts at Ford. We As could it's... do some under the table deals here to get some new cars for ourselves.
2: No, oh, you, you, <laughs> no, you can't drive on the road. You turn it into a. Uh, yeah, your paddock bomb. Imagine rolling around that. Got Just a $120,000 F-150. I don't, I don't, I don't, Everything about have, it. I don't so e- have a
0: paddock. <laughs> <laughs> Even the wheels,
2: they drill into them. It was the saddest thing I've ever heard. Couldn't believe it. That's stupid. I'm not happy with this. <sighs> That's the world we live in, isn't it? Surely we can find
0: different use. For- I think we could help them out. <laughs> I'll sacrifice myself to having one of those cars if they want to destroy. Oh, yeah. Red's tip. Red's tip. Now, this is a cracker. I'm happy with this one. Oh, I said boy. to you before, you don't even know what it is. Coming off the back of last winter, I remembered, and the only reason I've remembered too is because these frosty, freezing cold mornings during the week, Yes, it is that cold getting bait sorted in the morning. You always want your mate to do it. It's that cold. Trying to get your frozen pillies squashed, for white and burly, open up your squid that's frozen, that stays frozen for five hours because the water's cold now and it won't defrost. Get your bait out the night before. Yep. Crucial. Get your bait out the well, night before.
2: Leave it outside. Don't, it'll still be frozen say, when leave you Leave it up.
0: in the shed. Don't put it outside because it'll be frozen. Put it next to your bed for luck. But it's, uh, yeah, seriously, get your bait out before you go fishing, like the day before, because you just can't defrost bait. Like during the week, I had squid. I left it out like two, what, well, even three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Pat, I could have left it on the bait board and be defrosted within 15. Squid defrost quite quick. During the week, I had a bunch of four of them frozen together, and I could not get them open to cut up. And my hands were like ice. Yep. So red's tip this week is make sure you do get your bait out before the day before you go fishing, and don't put them outside because it'll freeze still. And put it in the shed and in a bucket and let it slowly defrost. Beautiful work. Uh, the flying
2: gaff this week is heading to uh, to seven time uh, or seven all, seven time all Australian. I think he had six best and fairest uh, Collingwood champion Nathan Buckley. And this is sporting related, but on the weekend uh, on his uh, Fox Sports show, uh, Best on Ground, um, he, he called bullshit, was the official phrase, around uh, the fact that Mitch Duncan, Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron couldn't quite remember what Chris Scott had said in our post-match uh, huddle. And uh, the, the gaff is, is to Bucks quite simply, Aaron, because if he spent any time with Mitch, Tom, or Jeremy he would understand very very quickly that the attention span of those three in particular is very <laughs> very small particularly Jeremy and Tom i would say Mitch is a you know really well well rounded understands the game Jeremy and Tom it's it's you know very simple sort of stuff for those two. It doesn't take a huge amount. So. Seaball, kickball. Do the goals. <laughs> Do goals. Do it again. Uh, so the gaff is heading to Nathan. Do it again. If you're going to be in the commentary space, you've got you've to understand these players, what makes them tick, and what makes Jeremy and Tom tick, it ain't a huge amount, to be fair, <laughs> to be
0: frank. Very simple individuals. On that note, you've been listening to Real Adventures. We will catch you next week with all things fishing, and boating, and the great outdoors.